that. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Ones Ready podcast. Who's leading it? I'm leading it, I guess. We don't know. We obviously don't plan any of this out. We just kind of go right into it. You know, we've got, you know, AA Ron with four shots of espresso and a little bit of mocha drizzled in there. Um, you know, it's not trench All coffee. I'm trying- but that's okay. It's not. Whatever. You know, I, I actually will say I was uh when I was down at Herbie, I was walking around and I had a Starbucks. It's any port in the storm, man. I was TDY. I didn't bring the mm-hmm. stuff with me to make my trench coffee. And uh, one of the guys from trench walked up to me and almost slapped it out of my hand. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, bro, I got, I got some I'm, coffee. I'm TDY house. right now. <laughs> I'm TDY. I had, a, like, I had to get into the into the dang beach out here and grab a coffee before I got into work. I'm sorry. He didn't bring me one either. So Jeff, what's up? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. What's up? So, uh, <laughs> yesterday you put out a, a story on, on the old gram about frequently asked questions and we actually got some really good ones. So that's kind of what we wanted to hit in this. So it's just the three of us. We're going to be going through your, your, uh, frequently asked questions, some of which are really good and probably like, as you were going through the list there, and I don't know that we're going to hit all of them because there were a lot, but also at the same time, there was, you know, five or six like really hitters that are probably going to take a little bit to go through. So, um, you have the list. Were there some really bad questions? Were there any bad questions? I actually hadn't looked. Of course there were some really bad questions. Of course there were. And I I like how, uh, I just want to clarify something. Peaches said there were actually some good questions. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Sometimes we put these stickers out and it's 75 trolling questions about what to do. DJ Fish Sticks, I see your questions about the officers at ANS. <laughs> we are not reading that on air, dog. Okay? I see you. I see you. And I love you. Be safe out there. Um, but y- every single one of these questions, there were two or three of these that I read that I was I was shocked. I was like, holy cow, this is an entire hour. I could talk to my friends about this specific topic for an hour on this one. So we'll read out some of those and, and give you a little teaser, just something to wet your beak for something we may explore in the future. But we're going to jump right into it. Trent, what are some of the techniques you use to recenter your focus when chaos erupts? That's from Off Grid Isaac. So some of the techniques you use to recenter your focus when chaos erupts. Well, I mean... Well, it depends on what's causing the chaos, right? But usually I just think okay. about how nice my hair looks and it gives me confidence and then I recenter myself and I move forward. <laughs> it's a technique. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Breathing. Proof. All right. So like, I don't yeah. Know. Real answer is, 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 you know, breathing, take a step back, look at the situation. Cause obviously if I'm finding myself, you know, outside of my center and there's chaos, then I'm too deep into whatever problems that I'm looking at. Uh, to, to see what's actually happening, to see my way out of it. So like that, that's why like the breathing thing, taking a step back is, is really helpful because I'm able to like open up my aperture, see the problem for what it is and, and maybe different avenues uh, of, of ingress or egress and, and figure it out from there. But just that taking that, that small moment um, is, is valuable for me and my hair. <laughs> and my hair. I actually found it helpful. And I don't know when I started making this switch, I just lean into the chaos. Now when things are really, really bad, like when things are swirling around me, sometimes I just find myself giggling because it can't get any more ridiculous. The scenario can't get any worse. You know what I mean? Like I'm either going to die and it's not my problem anymore or things are going to work out in some form or fashion. And once you get to that end, I just sort of, you know, the, the, the tornado is swirling around you. 
if you can stop yourself from being emotionally involved and Trent had a had great input there, right? Calm your emotions down, realize what's happening in the area and then just take it for what it is. If if you just accept the scenario for it, this is chaotic, things don't make sense, I need to find a way to make my immediate area better, the first thing you can do is start with yourself, take a deep breath, chill out, and then try to make sense of what's going on around you and then uh, and refocus from there. So good answer, Trent. Peaches. I get how well do instructors work with the students that struggle to pick up new skills or learn stuff? That's from Kendall Pofust, 57. I'm going to mispronounce every single name on here. Did, did you just purpose? assume that the chaos just goes over Jared's head so he doesn't need any techniques to get through the chaos? <laughs> Is that... we're, we're trying to hit these quick hitters. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, we'll start with you there, Chief. We'll uh, put a pause on that second one. How do you deal with chaos? Uh, a mixture of... Trent, what's uh, wrong with you today? <laughs> Oh man, a mixture of um of what both of you guys said because uh, I I it's that whole thing that I'm always like I always say you know see work do work kind of thing like but I'm I'm a big laugher that's one of my I've been told that's one of my coping mechanisms but at the same time like how freaking seriously can you take the situation like like whatever you're in it sometimes you just can't get out of it so you may as well have fun with it. Um, especially if you're in the situation with people that you like that you go to war with or that you, you know, whatever. So sometime, and besides, even in those shitty situations, there's some funny stuff that happens. So it's oh, just dude. like we talked so about fun. that happens in the pipeline, just like you talk about downrange, you know, you're freaking doing an offset, you know, overland offset, you're wearing goggles and all of a sudden you see a dude hit a, a low kind of fence and all of a sudden he just disappears right in front of you because he just just you know, disappears heads over heels uh you know <laughs> it's just things like that and that's funny i mean that it is funny yeah. so you know or or you're in a firefight and some dude you know he's running from from cover to cover and all of a sudden he freaking trips and falls i mean it's it's funny I, he's you know. getting made fun of in the team room forever hey remember that time you tried to sprint across that field and you fell on your face really like, dude yeah. i was getting shot at me like yeah but you look like a nerd <laughs> yeah and you, you busted your ass you had your belly hanging out underneath your uh your body armor and everything you know you look like a hot mess so uh we uh, muffin tops yeah yeah i, mean, I love it yeah but um <clears throat> we were in uh we were in Africa somewhere and we were getting ready to do a training jump and it was, it was night. We, we were getting dressed, uh, for the, for the mission. It was a full equipment night jump. There was only two or three of us. One of my best friends and my roommate at the, during that deployment, uh, we're sitting there by the time we get jacked up and ready to go, we are just drenched in sweat. It was an eval. I think for me, it, it was either an eval for, for he or for I, uh, I can't remember which, but we were just it was at the end of an already long day. Like we were trying to, you know, keep our minds right. And we were just, both of us just in the fight, getting ready to go do this jump. And I was trying to find a way to make him feel better about it. And I was like, well, Hey man, I think this is the crew, uh, that has the, you know, somewhat, you know, attractive member of the opposite sex on this bird. I was like, so at least you'll get cool guy points. And he didn't even blink. He was just staring off in the middle of the distance. He's like, I don't want anybody to see me like this. That doesn't help right now, Aaron. And we, we, 
<laughs> we laughed about that the entire time. Like even even when we uh we got done with that that night, I just I looked at him and I was like, "Bud, I couldn't stop laughing at the fact that you <laughs> you just didn't even weren't even in that zone right there." He was like, "I don't care who thinks I look cool. I hate myself right now." I, I was, I was That's funny. fine. That was me flying on the C130 the other day. Out of out of <laughs> doing this for 23 years, I've never never puked on on a bird. Right? Yeah. Never. It, and then, it, it ain't if, it's when it yeah. happens, man. And, I told you, I told you I did the same thing. Yeah. I, I just, it, it yeah. blows my mind. Like, okay, you know, doing a, a F-16 ride. Yeah. Okay. I puked on that one too, but that's like, <laughs> like that's to be expected. Right. right. But yeah. on a normal C-130, just kind of not even doing, lo- I mean, yeah, I guess there were some low levels, but like it wasn't bad and it, it just boom happened. And then of course there's pictures of it. There, and now, of yeah, course, they're you know oh, no. the, the load masters in the back, just like which I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know until yesterday, and I showed up, and the whole the commandant had it. All everybody had it oh, up front. No. I was like, "That's awesome!" <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, oh no. what was, wait, what does that look like question? again? Because the yeah. Discord boys need a new <laughs> need yeah, a new meme. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the other question? That you had so just how well do instructors work with students to struggle to pick up new skills or learn? So if, I think if the, in my eyes, if the student happens to show the, the ability to learn, which obviously everybody has the ability to learn, but there are certain, like, that's why we take an aptitude test. The ASVAB is an aptitude test and it shows how well you are able to learn, how quickly you are able to learn and adapt. So that student is definitely has some capability or some capacity to to learn. Um, if they show the the effort, the motivation to learn, then that instructor is going to be more apt to let me figure out how I'm instructing because maybe it's everybody learns differently. So as an instructor, I'm going okay. Well, I'm instructing you this way that student still isn't getting it. So now I need to take a step back and maybe it's not the student's issue. Maybe it's my instructional um, method that is the issue. So let me take a step back, figure out a different way to then teach this and instruct it. And let me try that. And if that one doesn't work, I'm going to try a different one. Um, Are there students that are um, just can't either. They're not, they're not progressing with the, the course of instruction as in like, man, you're just taking too long to learn this. You got to go, um, which does happen. And that doesn't just happen in the pipeline. Like we do that at a weapon school. Like we've eliminated oh, yeah. full-blown pilots, JTACs, Intel officers, and enlisted Intel, like, because they are not keeping up and we have a timeline and it's a strict timeline. And if you can't keep up and pass, like, Hey, thanks for coming and trying out, but, or not trying out, but you know, attempting to go to weapon school or whatever, but you got to go. Um, yeah. So that's, that's my take on it. How about you, Trent? Yeah. I mean, we, it's one of my things. Investment breeds investment. You got to show that you're invested as a student. You got to show that you're putting in the effort and then you're going to get, uh, you know, assuming that you're not like the, the class problem all the time, you're going to get investment in return. You know, there are students that were, uh, well, I'll say me. There are students that I was happy to see leave the pipeline and there are students that, you know, I was pretty broken up about seeing them not make it. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and it's that level of investment uh, for me. Right, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually had a couple of students that left 
during the time that I was at Kirtland, I had a really awesome meetup with one of the students that I was really pulling for. Like I thought that they had all that raw material, but they just could not put it together at Kirtland. And it got to be a point where we invested. Peach's great, great point about bringing in different instructors. We did everything we could. We're like, can we instruct us in a different way? What if, what if we reordered the way that we asked them to do these skills? And it's too nerdy to talk about a, you know some of the other stuff that we were doing or what the task was. But long story short, he he didn't make the standard, and we had to we had to ask him to leave the school and come back, and it sucked. Man, about a year ago, I guess I ran into him at a random conference down in Birmingham, Alabama, and he had went back through the schoolhouse. He was able to make it, and then he was working at the guard unit where where he had tried out. It was one of the best feelings that I ever had, and I got to tell him straight out, like, man. I am so glad that you figured that out. You know what I mean? And it was nothing. This is not, this is a failure story for me. This is not like a, a look what we did so well because we couldn't get him there. But he went back and he, he worked on those weaknesses and he came back and he crushed the schoolhouse. And that's awesome. So from, uh, let's see, Florida Fresh, can we please get some more EOD videos? All right, guys, gals, friends of all ages, we, we would love to help you out with with anything you want, right? But we get wacky questions like this. This is a good idea of a bad question. When you hop up on the YouTube and they're like, oh yeah, more dagger videos. Guys, we're not a dagger podcast. We're not a we're not an EOD podcast. We're we're not a and to be honest with you, we're not content creators of cool guy videos either. Like we like it. We have videos of stuff that we've done and and we have friends. Here's what I'll say. If you want to have a video uh, on that stuff, send us the video. We're getting pretty good at editing. We'll put it out for you. So Florida Fresh, no. Um, what kind of person does AFSW, so Aspect War, turn you into going from civilian to operator? Pros, cons. Jordan underscore Potvin. So I am not sure what this question means. What kind of person does Aspect War turn you into going from civilian to operator? We covered this a little bit in the Becoming an Airman podcast that we talked about uh, a while ago that we can definitely refresh. We're not turning you into anything. We're inoculating you and indoctrinating you into our culture when we bring you in. And then hopefully we're turning you into an aspect war operator. Peaches, you got anything extra on that one? Yeah. I, um, I guess you're, we don't turn you into a robot or anything like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't turn off your emotions, your feelings, your ability to think. In fact, we, we encourage it because we are looking for problem solvers. We're looking for critical thinkers. Um, the, I is weird. The question's weird, and just the way that the the ones that I'm used to seeing are the ones that hey, what like what kind of civilian do you end up becoming if you separate or or retire mm -hmm. coming out of these jobs? Mm -hmm. So I haven't actually thought about this um, from the other side, right? Yeah. Right. I think I think the intent of the question is good, right? Like I think what what they're oh, asking yeah. is. You know, what kind of changes in myself am I going to be, am I going to see like what good things and what bad things um, are going to happen? Because there's, there's just change, right? Like you're going to have to change um, in order to become part of our culture. But that's true for anywhere. It would be the same yeah. if you're going to go work for Amazon Web Services or if you're going to go work, uh, you know, right down the street at this indoor range. Um, you know, the, you're going to have to change and adapt and, and adapt to that culture too. Trent, yeah. you got anything on this one? Well, the thing is, you go through your career, the uh, that the, the the film of 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 the the whatever uh, over reality that we have in this country, right? Like the comfort and all this other stuff, the ease of life is is kind of stripped away as you ro roll through your deployments, and it, it just it breeds a certain kind of culture where we like we get right to the point, 
And so like, I like to say like, I was, I was a better person before I joined, but I'm a way better person now, but I'm also like a way worse person now, like on the surface, (laughs) like our communication (laughs) style is a little bit different uh, now. And it it might be off putting to your old civilian friends, but also like your capacity to help people and your willingness to help people and your willingness to do work, I think grows over time. And and that's kind of like beaten into you where you might seem like a nicer person and use nicer words before you join, uh, but not necessarily be willing or capable to, to, produce as much good in the, in the world. If that makes sense to anybody. Yeah. The, the analogy I've heard people say is, um, you know, they're right. Especially right now, for whatever reason, there's a lot of hate on the wealthy. Right. Um, and -hmm. people say, Oh, you know, the, the rich are assholes, but money doesn't make you an asshole. You were already an asshole beforehand. Right. Yeah. Maybe the money just multiplied or magnified it. Right. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Like I am who I am before I joined. Um, I have a lot more confidence now. I have a lot more life experience now, a lot more maturity and all that kind of stuff, but I'm still kind of the same type or at least from at the core, the same type of person I was beforehand. So I didn't, I didn't change my work. My work ethic grew for sure. You know, so for sure. that to, yep. to Trent's point work, work ethic, improved work capacity improved um obviously maturity life experience and all that kind of stuff so i'm a better person than i was and my ability to um because of being inoculated to stress and that kind of stuff it doesn't mean that stress doesn't affect me it just means that i can take a lot more of it so a lot more of it yeah 100 i i shudder to think what 21 year old Aaron love would do in some of the scenarios that I'm doing right now. I know what I would do. I would fail miserably and it would be, it would be epic. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, probably not fun to go through. This is a great question about agile combat employment. So that's what ACE means. Um, from Mason Albrecht, 18, uh, will they meaning us be working more with fire due to the ACE rollout? This is a great question. And it's not just specifically for fire, right? But when we start talking about multi-capable airmen and the way that we employ uh, agile combat employment, it means that we're going to have to be way more self-sustaining in areas that are not necessarily, uh, where we don't necessarily have the support. So uh, Trent will open with you on this one. What are some other some other things um, or other opportunities for other career fields that you could see being rolled into that multi-capable airmen or that ACE construct? I don't know anybody that that's good at the job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's it, a great answer. I hate these. I don't hate these questions, but like my brain yes, you do. goes into like overdrive and I'm like, Oh, like let's think about every single possible scenario out there where I could possibly use somebody. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. what if we need a dog handler sometime? Like if you guys need a dog, like how are you? Gonna, well, like, we're going to find a dog handler and a dog if we really need it. And it's a, yep. it's a, an important mission, you know, like, what if you need a, a dagger guy? What if you need whatever, you know, like a computer programmer? What you, We're going to find that person where they're going to end up on the mish. But like, the, it has to be the right person that's willing to do the job. And like, otherwise, like this whole like multiple, like multi-capable airman thing, that's that's not a skill set. That's a, a mentality. That's, that's a what person. that is. Yeah, that is, that is man, I, you hit this nail. It, it's like we talk every single day, Trenton, <laughs> you and I, because I was going to say the same thing. The AFSC does not matter. When I am looking, I, I bring this, there's a staff sergeant that I work for, Staff Sergeant Chris Perry. What's up, bro? This guy, it doesn't matter what his AFSC is. 
if there is a problem, this guy fixes it and he is professional and he can, I would, I would recommend him to do anything. If he was like, I want to be a fighter pilot, I'd be like, yep, I'll write the packet. If he was like, I want to be a special operator, bro, I'll help you get ready for, for ANS. The guy is just a pipe hitter. If I have a problem, it might not be a vehicle problem. I probably still want to bring Staff Sergeant Perry with me because he's just that type. And I have people that work in A1. There's personnelists at the unit where I could totally see, like, I need you to do this thing with us. You know, Intel, radio, I can think of a million AFSCs to, to answer the question directly from fire. Yeah, 100% I can think of a scenario where I would need a team of the right people to support that agile combat employment sort of thing. But Trent hit the nail on the head with that one. It's not the AFSC. It's the person with the AFSC. Good job, Trent. Peaches, you got anything that? Um, I guess just with the, the, the whole ACE slash multi-capable airman kind of thing, because they are very two different things. However, they complement each other. Um, one of the ways that we're going to end up being successful with that is the, and I don't know how, how best to say it, but I'll just say, you know, uh, dropping or negating the unnecessary stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, oh, yeah. the whole, the ugly underbelly of it, of multi-capable airmen is, Hey, it's just do more with less kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Which there oh, is yeah. an aspect of that, that is 100% too true when you talk about it in a, in a garrison type of, of situation. Right. Um, doesn't mean that it's all the time, but it just means that, yeah, that's kind of the, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just another whole nother do more with less mm-hmm. in a deployed environment though, or we're talking about other things that we're going to be doing downrange. That is a legit thing. And that's where some of the, the bureaucracy or the not red tape, but you know, the, the procedures that are tried and true, right. That you would do in a garrison situation. They do not translate to a deployed environment when things have got to get done, they got to get done, whether or not it's by the reg or not, because yeah, whether it's your job or not, right. Because they need to get done. Are you telling me like going back to the fire thing? If there's an extinguisher that's an, an aircraft extinguisher, not a, you know, a little fire extinguisher, you know, cause there's different ones out there for people in case you didn't know um, that if there's an aircraft that just landed, that's has hot brakes and they're on fire you're not going to run out there and freaking try and, you know, assist, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's assisting us on the ground in terms of, cause we're the only ones on a dirt airfield or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, you're just going to handle business. You're going to do work. Yep. See work, do work, baby. Yep. I love it. Are this one's in the people same on vein. That plane or is it just officers? Cause that, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> True. Oh, that's the most fantastic. There's, it's not okay to hate anybody except for officers. I didn't say um, I hated from it, our friends, it was just a question. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, from our friends over at uh, USAF underscore AFSOC Dagger. What's up, boys? We love you guys. Do you see a role for a dagger section within the STSs? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say no, and here's why I'm going to say it. I think that there is a role for that capability, I don't think it necessarily has to be dagger. As we look forward, when we when we went through ST next, we went in with the planning assumption, and this was this is I thought that this was valuable. You can there's a lot of feelings out there about ST next and where AFSOC is going and the AFSOC that we need versus the AFSOC that we have. There's a lot of feelings about that, right? I thought one of the most valuable things, at least from a planning perspective, was when we got there the the ROE from uh, the the general in charge, right, General uh, Wolf Davidson. He looked at us and he goes, guys, 
I don't want you to try to think about what we're going to do with these AFSCs next. So I'm going to give you a problem that's 10 years in the future. Don't tell me that you're going to fix it with combat controllers and TACP and SR. I want you to tell me how to fix the problem, and then we're going to figure out what we need to do to make those people. So do I think that there's a role for AFSOC Dagger? Nope. I, I, at this point, like I really don't. Like I, I don't think that we need to integrate the two. Moving into the future, do I think that we need the skill sets that live inside of the Dagger program right now? Can I see those people and those skill sets fixing a future problem? 100%. 100% I do. Uh, I think that Dagger has a great mission. I think they're always going to have a mission for the deployed aircraft ground response element primary mission set of, of what they do. And I think that their specific capabilities fit really well into where we're going. I just don't know if we're going to call it the same thing. I don't, I don't know what we're going to call ourselves moving forward. How many name changes have we had in the last <laughs> like 10 years? You know, troops and teams and we were you know, blue team, silver team. And then we're, you know, now we're alpha flight and Bravo flight. And, you know, when we got to the two, two, there were, I was a five troop chief. Yeah. I was the troop chief of five. You know what I mean? Like those words don't exist anymore. Um, the mission sets that we're doing anymore. Nobody knew what special activities were on the two series units 15 years ago. You know, we're doing completely different things. So do I think that there's a function as it stands now for the thing that we call dagger? No, but I think that there's evolution that we're going to have. And I think that dagger is going to be part of that evolution. Trent, I, I, you're just chomping at the I bit. Or say, well, for, first, I don't want to, <laughs> Trent doesn't want the smoke. Um, I, I want to gloss out. I don't want to miss the fact that you rolled dagger, like the actual words without skipping a beat. Like you didn't think about it. That was, that was impressive. Oh, okay. Cause, uh, well, yeah. cause wow. I, 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 I mean, that was really good. Why, what's up, boy? <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a again it goes back to the capability and the skill set, not the name. So, um, yeah, well, those skill sets could they exist in next ST next? Of course. Will it be dagger? Maybe, maybe not. Will it be mm -hmm. combat control? Maybe, maybe not. Could have a different name. Still, yeah. same capability and that kind of stuff. So it's a constant evolution, like we well, like we usually say, is that the ST special tactics now is not the same as it was two years ago was definitely not the same as it was five years ago. So it's a constant yeah. evolution. And, and usually the, the cyclical time is about two to three years is when you start seeing an evolution and it's not some drastic, like a, a complete upheaval or anything like that. It's a, you know, it's a, a quarter of, you know, if you're, if you're going to put a number to it, it's, it's a quarter of what we're doing and the way mm -hmm. we are constructed and organized and trained man and equipped and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I will say that from like an air force processes and paperwork standpoint, right? There's, there's problems. There's like goodness to having like our, our AFSC silos and, and, and having that expertise very siloed, right. And, and being like combat control functional management is very different than SR and, and PJ. Um, and, and when it comes to the teams and all those other things, but, uh, when you only have like one day, so like we went through this when we went from Saudi to SR There's like, we had weather that was, you know, our functional, you know, leader and then AFSOC trying to do stuff with us that didn't necessarily fall in line with what weather wanted us to do. And I think the AFSOC dagger concept is a lot the same way. We're like, Hey, well, what if the security forces leadership at the time doesn't want to do what AFSOC wants to do and vice versa. But then right. you run into problems where like, when you only have one person making the call for everything, 
are they making the best decisions with their resources that they have? And so like we, we run into all these problems and then do you lose like this, the, the expertise within that AFSC if it's not siloed and where does that reside right. and how do you deal with that? So like, these are all very like process, you know, problems to me, process oriented problems and, and, and structural problems. But uh, like they said, the capability is, is valuable and, and probably the place for in the future. But it, it also yeah. like something that we haven't talked about on this. I, I don't think anyway, out of the hundreds of hours of content, but you have what's called. So the folks that are out there, they may under, may not understand is like, why do RQS PJs have a different, not a different mentality, but a different um, mission? How come they're not necessarily aligned sure. with special tactics? And yep. that's because you have the, um, it's called the major command or the magicom of entitlement, right? So the, uh, who actually owns PJs is Air Combat Command, ACC. Like yep. they own the preponderance of PJs and then they chop some to AFSOC to be in special mm-hmm. tactics and work the staff and stuff like that. But in, and in the end of the day, ACC or Air Combat Command still has a say in what is done with the PJs um, when mm-hmm. it comes to moves, uh, core skills, um, I mean, the, the list goes on and on, but because they are the magic of, of entitlement, they own the PJs. Whereas like AFSOC, combat control SR is inherent to AFSOC. We don't, we don't have other than like me, um, we don't have CCT in air combat command. Like we have right. CCT, SR, PJs, TACPs in AETC or air education training command, but that's in a training form. Um, so I, I just figured I'd throw it out there and I probably just confused a whole bunch of people even more. Um, did I miss anything <laughs> though, Trent, Aaron? No. Did I say anything no. wrong? No. Okay. No. You no. Tech, great. tech was, and PJs are owned by ACC. Yep. Yeah. It is what it is. And it's, it's a weird thing and it's hard to explain. And that's yeah. why when people are like, well, what's the difference between an STS PJ and an RQS PJ? Well, I mean, it's, it's where they work. It's what command that they work for. You know, you're essentially on loan. It's, it's it's different. I, I, yeah. Well, and now that I'm think now that I'm thinking about it, like if I was to make a football example, okay, a quarterback is a quarterback is a quarterback. But Russ Wilson was a different quarterback in Denver than he was in Seattle, right? It's because he's working for a different organization under a different offensive system, and they're doing different things, right? He's still doing that same position. It's just with a different focus. And I'd like to pat myself on the back for that one because that was great. Um, from Bryfi thirteen eighteen. How do you find the motivation to get up every day and work hard? Man, Bry Fry, great question. Uh, because we all have felt this. Uh, Peaches, Trent, myself. I just, uh, I, I was lucky enough, I got invited over to give a talk to some young uh, maintenance troops, right? And it was, it was developing frontline leadership, which is one of the um, SIMSAF and the CSAF. So Chief Master Sergeant in the Air Force, Chief of Staff of the Air Force. They have lines of effort. And one of their lines of effort was developing frontline leaders. And one of the airmen in this, an airman basic, by the way, they still make those, had this question. Because I had mentioned, they were like, well, what, what do you do to stay motivated? Because I mentioned my work hours where, you know, I get up at around 5 and I'm usually in the office by about 5.35, 5.40. I'm trying to be in the gym after a quick email check to make sure nothing's burning down by 6. I work out uh, hard because that's the only time that I had, like the only time in my day that I own 
is those two hours before I have to start work. That's the only time that I can for sure say that I nobody's going to bother me, nobody's going to stop me, and I got to go. If I try to work out at the end of the day, it just doesn't work. I barely get to jujitsu as much as I want, right? But they ask, how do you how do you do that? How do you keep doing it? There's no secret sauce. You just got to when your alarm goes off, you got to get up and you got to go. And you're not going to feel good every day. You're not going to be motivated every day. We've talked about knowing your why and making sure that you understand why you're doing it and staying focused. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes even that ain't enough. Sometimes the why is way in the back of your head and that voice is really quiet and you're not motivated to go there. But you know what? The work still has to get done. And it's, you know, excellence is a habit. I believe Trent Segmiller said that, but I stole it from him. So <laughs> excellence is a habit. It is, it is a way of life. It is, it is as much a battle rhythm as it is this flowery motivation thing. Like I don't wake up in the morning and jump out of bed and scream that others may live and put my shoes on and, you know, walk out the door singing the air force song. That's not a thing. So, some days you're not motivated. It's, it's a job. It sucks. It's a grind and it never stops. And it's been 20 years of that, 20 years of that grind. You just got to do it. Well, Jocko covered it pretty well. Um, in his, I don't know, during one of his podcasts where he talks about it, but it's not, it's not motivation. It's discipline. Discipline is what gets you up in the morning and go yep. work out and train at the end of the day or what, whatever it is. Like whenever you have to train, whenever you have to go to work, it's discipline, not motivation, because every day you are not motivated every single day. It's discipline that gets you going and keeps you on track and keeps you doing what you need to be doing to get things done. Man, you know what? You know what, Peaches? Hmm. Somebody to keep you on track, somebody to guide you there. You know who that reminds me of is Kevin Kevin Edgerton. It reminds me of 18 Alpha Fitness where we could all start that journey. You just completely described everything that Kevin Edgerton does. Like Coach Edge is awesome, as you guys know, over at 18 Alpha Fitness. If you want to go check out his training plans. So if, if you don't know and you're not aware, he used to work for the Aspect War Enterprise. He was one of the head strength and conditioning coaches. He's also a prior 18 Alpha, which is why a you know, special forces um, officer. That's why he calls it 18 Alpha Fitness. But he will actually help you in your journey. Like we, we are self-starters at this point. Like we're too far down the road. But if you need help with all that stuff, actually preparing for the pipeline and getting into it, Kevin will help you. He provides all sorts of training plans, whether you want to go into, I don't know, if you want to be a PJ, if you want to be a combat controller, if you want to go into the army or be a ranger. He's got a ton of custom plans specifically for that stuff. It's all set up. He does video coaching. And by the way, he's actually just out there like actually doing it. He's not just like programming for you and telling you to do a good job. If you want to work out and you want to work out with him, he'll take you through a workout. You want to roll with him? I don't recommend it. He <laughs> choked me out about forty times um, because he still is out there doing, you know, combat mixed martial arts. Edge is the dude. He's got a great track record. Um, you can check him out on eighteen alphafitness.com. So it's eighteen a fitness, all one word. dot com. We actually have a discount code with him. Tell him we sent you. It's one the number one ready. So uh, drop our name, drop the code, one ready, go talk to him. He'll give you, as, as you guys talk, just hit him up, DM him, and you guys can have a conversation about what he can provide. He's happy to give you a consult and talk with you and, and guide you through the entire process. He even shows up at your graduation. The dude, <laughs> li he, he literally cares about what it is that you are doing. So once again, go check him out. 18 Alpha Fitness, 18afitness.com or 18 Alpha Fitness on Instagram and hit him up. Use the code one ready when you're ready to start that thing. Can I just yes, say about Kevin too, 
because he has the experience in the the Air Force Special Operations uh, or or Special Warfare Pipeline, he's not training you to peek out to pass the pass test to get in. Yeah, Kevin is training you for the whole thing. He's he's gonna he's not you're not just gonna like get a good pass test score and then show up and then fall apart if you if you run through Kevin's program. Like he's training you for the whole thing. There's there's a difference between you know what Kevin does and what some other folks out there may or may not do, but. Uh, that's what I'm saying. He's seen it all. So like, that's what he's training you for. So like, if you start his program and you're like, I don't know how this is going to like lead to like the best pass score or whatever IFT score of all time. It's like, Hey, also after you pass that, Kevin's setting you up for success. I yeah. just wanted to throw that. Absolutely. Out Kevin's <laughs> Sometimes awesome. you need equipment for that though. Oh, holler. And, and you instead know, of going just- to, you know, Amazon and, and nitpicking, places maybe there was just one solution for that so attack elite.com a-t-a-c-l-e-t-e.com uh you got aspect war stuff there you got you know uh rangers sf marsoc seals they've got ropes fins masks rucks the whole deal you guys need equipment go over there check them out uh code one's ready to get you 10 percent discount um plenty of people doing it and the cool thing is you don't have to piecemeal it you can actually you know, buy a bundle too, so that mm-hmm. you're getting everything that you actually need. And these are things that are used in the pipeline. So it's not like you're going to train to this and then go into the pipeline. And you're like, wow, okay, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this piece of equipment. Not the case. You get exactly what you're working with in there, except it's probably nicer because guess what? Equipment in the pipeline gets handed down over and over. You don't get to keep that stuff. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot masks, you know, lots of snot and all that kind of stuff in there. Gross. Get up for it. That's right. Also gross. Yeah. Mm. yeah You're always awesome. somebody's younger brother with the past. That's right. So attackelite.com promo code one's ready. And then finally, if you're going to do that, make sure you're hydrated. So drinkhoist.com. Get that hoist, baby. Woo. Get that hoist, baby. Woo. So I'm like a rebellious teenager. That's like my base personality. And so, like, since I joined the military and they're, like, always harping on hydration, I was dehydrated for, like, 18 years before Hoist came along because I couldn't find a solution that I cared about <laughs> until Hoist. And now I'm like, oh, oh, it tastes good. I like to drink it. And it's uh, IV level hydration. So thank you, Hoist. For the first time in my career, I'm actually hydrated. Yeah. And the cool thing is, like, a lot of times they don't just stick with military. I mean, they sometimes cater weddings. They will sometimes, hey, you know. <laughs> shout out. Uh, sometimes they do sometimes they do smoke jumpers uh you know we've seen them in the hands of you know on duty policemen uh it's essentially everybody that's a high performer sometimes sometimes there may be an event that you've imbibed a little bit too much right but we can't let that stop us we gotta we gotta make sure so i'm not saying i've ever done this but maybe maybe right before you go to bed you put a little of that hoist together and you have a little night drink and then you know in the morning sober you will thank maybe a little bit slightly <laughs> intoxicated, but always within moderation, you from the night before. So check out drinkhoist.com. Use the code ones ready at checkout. You can also check them out on IG. They've got a great page. They're, they're really, if you, if you DM them, they're going to DM you right back. Um, so yeah, drinkhoist.com. Use that code ones ready at checkout. Yeah. I love how What's we talk like back to the questions. I'm oh, sorry. Go, we, okay, we always go, talk John. like we th- we think our commanders and our like our flight docs actually watch this, you know, because you fill up those things. We're like, <laughs> never more than six drinks at a time. I promise. Just like my form said. <laughs> so PHA. Anyway, one one of the docs yeah. does does uh, watch us. Uh, I think it's Dorsh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah I want to say. Yeah. It, it, it's right. it's well, really weird when I when I walk around or I get an email from somebody going like, "Hey, man, check the." I was just 
I was just at the wing uh, last week and it was like, Hey man, I checked it out. I'm like, Oh, this is weird. It's like, mm-hmm. it's still, it's still real weird. Right. It's really and weird. Everybody out there, like I've gotten this feedback before somebody, somebody came up to me and was like, Hey man, I was listening to the podcast. I think you probably a good one. I was like, Oh man, this is so cringy. I yeah. can't believe it. And he was like, you're the one that has the podcast. Yeah. Get over it. Yeah. And I was like, now I'm stupid. Um, all right. So, uh, from chase 25 underscore official, great question here, Trent. I want to, I want to throw this one at you. What was it like day one at your first duty station? It was weird, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Why would you feel? <clears throat> so like I, I pulled up there's, there's, there's dudes pulling like parachutes out of trucks. I, I get into the building. Finally, of course, I, I don't have the code yet or whatever to get into the building. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a whole bunch of dudes, and everybody wants to like ignore you or ask you questions that you don't have answers to. And then also see how many pushups you can, you know, like this is one of those mm-hmm. things. Like it's a, it's a lot to take in. And so you get better at it over time. But I remember showing up uh, to my first Saudi unit and it's just like being feeling overwhelmed, but also you can't, you can't act like you're overwhelmed, you know, like, and so you're right. just like trying to figure things out. They're going to start throwing words that you don't understand and all these other things, man. It's just like, and I hate this analogy. I really do because Chris Thomas talks about it all the time. It's like eating an elephant. Just take it one bite at a time, bro. Take a deep breath, settle That's down it, and, and let it all come in. Um, but I mean, show up with a, a mindset to learn and to do your job. You know, like one of the things I did, I was a senior airman when I, when I first showed up to brag, but it's like, take out the trash every day, do the little things, you know, if, if you see yeah. something that needs to be done, just do it. And that, that will set you down the path to be, a, I think a good and valued team member, but I didn't really ask that question very well. Uh, well, I Peaches. mean, you're always you're always being assessed, always. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and it doesn't matter the rank. As soon as you show up to a unit, whether you're just out of the pipeline, or or me showing up to the weapon school, people don't know me, or even people that do know me, I'm being assessed every single interaction. Mm-hmm. How's he going to handle this situation? What's his reaction going to be to to this? Like, you know. Always being assessed. Anyway, with that said, I don't, I don't remember like first showing up because I had some friends at the unit already, people that were mm-hmm. ahead of me in the pipeline. So we already knew each other, and and so I had some of that. But one thing that I distinctly remember is day one, we all went to lunch as a team, and we went to this barbecue, amazing hole in the wall barbecue place in North Carolina, and uh, the bill comes around and. They just kind of like, you got it. And it was, a, oh, it no. was a, again, it was a test. It was an assessment, right? To see how I'd, I'd act. And I was like, all right, cool. Threw the card down. I guess it's, I guess it's yeah. what the new I threw guys the card do, down. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? And they were all just kind of like, oh, hey, no, 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 no. We can't have you. We can't, <laughs> we can't let you do that. So they ended up paying, they ended up paying for my lunch. But it was, it, again, it was a test. It, it's simple. It's stupid, yeah. right? But it was a little test. Like, it would be like if he, you know, and maybe I played it wrong because, you know, maybe maybe I should have went like, you guys can kiss my ass or, you know, right. who knows what that would have done, right? But I was just like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. There are worse well, things that are happening to me today probably anyway. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, threw it out and then they were like, you know, like I said, they, they didn't make it. They ended up paying for it for me, but uh that was the one thing that I remember distinctly happening the first day of work when I showed up to my first team. You? Yeah. And th- that sort of encapsulates the weirdness of graduating the pipeline and going to the unit. I don't remember my first day. 
but I remember that feeling, right? So for two years, for two years, you have done something that they told you every single day that you're not going to be able to do. You've been evaluated every single day. You finally made it. You just graduated. You are at, at that point in your career, it's the highest you've ever been, right? You've got that beret on, you're showing up to your first unit. You don't really feel like you've made it when, when you, you know, you're waiting around at the unit, you know, we, we have people that graduate and they're still kind of in that thing. Like you're the king of a very small fiefdom. You know what I mean? Like when you're at Kirtland Air Force Base or when you're at Keesler or, you know, Joint Base San Antonio or wherever you are, right? You've graduated, you're done with the pipeline and you're just kind of waiting on going to that next spot. It doesn't feel real. And then when you get to that first day, it's, it's real. You're like, holy crap, I did it. I, I'm an operator. And then all of this stuff happens inside of your head. And Peaches, just like you said, am I, am I supposed to be aggressive? Am I supposed to be confident? Should I, <clears throat> should I just shut up? Should I just not say anything? Should I joke around? Should I not joke around? There's all this uncertainty because you've went from the highest of high and you are the lowest on the totem pole and Trent, great input. What should you do? You should probably take the trash out and be respectful and try to figure out what the culture is. We'll, we'll always do for, for those of you that aren't tracking or you in the pipeline, you're going to have a sponsor. We're going to get you somebody to talk to to welcome you into the unit and, and get you into in processing and teach you how to like give you the code to the door and tell you what time you're supposed to be able to work and all that other stuff. But internally, there's a lot that you got to figure out on your own. And it is, it's a wild time. It's, it's tough to figure out. And each unit does it a little bit differently. You know, sometimes there's a, Hey, how you doing skills competition? And you know, if, if you're on the, if you're on the Florida panhandle, you might be doing a little something we like to call tower runs. Um, by the way, we got a brand new tower up here with the 2-2 STS. I don't know if you're aware, Jared. We broke that bad boy in yesterday. There was some remedial training that had to go on and uh, those stairs got their first their first dose oh. of, a, of an operator doing some tower runs, baby. I'm sorry, I missed that actually. Dude, it's good. It I would have joined in. Story. <coughs> See, you know how we like to say like everything was harder when I did it? I actually think that mm -hmm. showing up on team in like the height of, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan going on, it might have been Way easier. Because everybody easier. was smoked already. Everybody's busy. They're just like, nobody has your time for shenanigans. Dude. Yeah. But like you show up today in like, you know, Ooh. relative peacetime and like, imagine showing up and your entire unit is there and you know, I, like, well, that'd oh, be terrifying. No. Good luck kids. Oh God. Oh God. Um, uh, this is a good maybe, one. It's an easy, maybe one more question. Yeah. Last gotcha. Question? So, oh, well, let me look. Yeah. Um, throw that out there. I like it. I just like it. Let's uh, go with. Just a busy man. Have got a hard to do. <laughs> yep. This is this is a good one. So we'll end here just because it's it's an easier answer. There's a bunch of questions that we will find. Like we've been avoiding the questions that we could talk about for hours. So so we'll end this one here. Charlie underscore alpha one nine nine. So Charlie underscore a one nine nine. How do you deal with illness um, at the units? Do you take a day off? Do you keep grinding? This is this is a great question for you in the pipeline as well. I'm a huge fan of, of being a hard ass and putting my head down and nothing will stop me and when whatever else. Guess what? That You should not do that. If you're not feeling 100%, you should get back to 100% as fast as you possibly can and then ease back into your training. Um, if you feel sick, now if it's the sniffles or if you just don't feel good that day or maybe you've got some sort of virus that originated in a lab somewhere and caused everybody to shut down the economy for two straight years, maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it's just like the flu and probably less um, less intense than that. Maybe you do take a day or two off you know, completely. Or maybe you just, you know, you take some extra fluids in, you have a lighter workout, a lighter run. 
what I'm telling you is, is there's no point to train sick or injured because you're just going to continue being sick or injured until you fix the problem. So you can't take just a day off. If you get sick at the unit, if you can't come to work, okay, well, you get better, seek medical. And then after that, go on with business and, and get back to training. Peaches, what do you got? I think at, at the unit, yeah. Like at yeah. least, I mean, if there's things that have to be done, if there's training events that have to happen, like, well, you may just have to suck it up depending on what it is, mm -hmm. especially if the whole focus of this, of, you know, today's training is you getting your upgrade, you're getting you, you know, it sucks, but you may just have to push through, which is fine because that helps build character and all that kind of stuff. However, if I'm got nothing going on that day or, um, you know, it's something that I can push off, then I'll take the day off, you know, day or two yep. off, whatever it is, that's, that's fine. Um, regarding the pipeline though, like sometimes you're able to do it. Sometimes you're not like, sometimes you're able mm -hmm. to like, if depending on what's going on, maybe you're able to just like, Hey, he's sick. He hit sick call. Um, he's going to be on quarters for 24 hours. Maybe again, though, that maybe. depends on where you're at in the pipeline. Sometimes you're just going to have to suck it up and it's going to suck and you're not going to perform as well as you would. But that could be in combat too. Guess what? You know the the patrols don't stop because what? you don't feel because you feel a little under the weather. <laughs> that was bullshit. Yeah. Well, we we always ask, you know, and, and you you've heard it from Cadre since the beginning of time. They'll look at you and say, "Well, are you hurt or are you injured?" Yeah. And there's a difference. There's a there's a level yep. of severity. And I'll tell you, since I'm down here in San Antonio, every like ninety eight percent of the people that show up here, you're gonna have allergies. Mm -hmm. for like the mm -hmm. first time in your life or it's going to be worse and you're so like and then also, you're going to have crud yeah we're going to we import viruses from all over the country and beyond into san antonio and we put you all in a little bay together and let it incubate and uh you know see what happens it's like a giant experiment and then you know you're going to get over onto to chapman and it's going to be a lot of the same thing and then there's people over there getting sick and doing all this other stuff but guess what like the stuff in the pool is either going to kill you or it cures you. You know, the best way to get over allergies is to, you know, shoot that chlorine right up your nose and it'll clear you right out. So, but <laughs> and just, the instructors just out will the help you. Yeah. The instructors will help you get all that chlorine into your head. Yeah. But all right, Peaches, you got to figure it. out how bad it is. Oh my God. All right. Well, appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, that, that has been some frequently asked questions, some really good ones this time. So definitely appreciate it. The other ones that we didn't hit, uh, I'm not we're saying we're going to hit the other ones, <laughs> but there was some that the topic itself could be an entire episode. So that's why we didn't hit them this time. Uh, I know that we're going to record tomorrow. I don't think we have a guest, so it'll probably be us again. And maybe we'll just continue, um, some of those questions or maybe we'll do something a little different. So, uh, again, like subscribe hit the notification button leave us a, a review if it's on spotify all you got to do is hit the the stars if it's on apple you can hit the stars and provide um a review and then hit us in the comments on youtube like subscribe and we're also on rumble too so check us out over there yeah. we don't have quite the parallel the following economy, on rumble but you know we're gonna post to there as well and and keep that going so unless you guys got anything Go to rumble. else i'm out here check it out. yeah train hard there everybody light up Ohio is a comorbidity. <laughs>